Hello, and welcome to Down Syndrome Radio, episode eight, on uh, July, oh, August second, two thousand and twelve. We're here to talk about parenting children with Down syndrome uh, from a dad's perspective. I'm Mark Owens. I'm here with my good friend Jason Koski and our special guest. We'll get to in a second. But uh, how you doing this week, Jason? I'm doing uh, pretty well. We are um, in the midst of summer. I took I took a little Dexman for an ENT visit this morning. So his tubes have officially come out um, as of this morning. I guess they were just kind of sitting in there, not really doing anything anymore. So, so he no much, longer qualifies much, as a cyborg. Yeah, <laughs> much to Dexter's dismay, the the guy uh, pulled them out. Dex, he didn't really appreciate that too much. Ooh, is it painful? I didn't. I can't picture. I don't think it was painful. I, I I have no idea if it was painful or not, but it was. Um, he didn't. Know that. Laying there and having someone poke inside of his ears for just the short amount of time that it took, but um, but he did have still a little fluid in there, so we have to go back in a month just to see if maybe he needs uh, some new ones put in. Wow, he's moving up, which kind of stinks, but you know, I mean, it's 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 uh, it, it helps so much with the with the hearing and speech and stuff that that it's oh, they're totally huge, they're hugely specific. important, hugely yeah. important, yep. So that that is going on, and uh, the Dexman had his IFSP, 18-month IFSP, last week, I believe, as well. Ooh. So that was, um, you know, an interesting event. Um, was it, ami- really was it amiable? What's that? Was it amiable? It was pretty good. Yeah, we kind of had a little run-in um, just a month or two ago with... Uh, them regarding PT. So we're getting PT services from the regional center. Um, and then there was a little run-in about what our insurance will cover versus what they're paying. And 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 so Dex missed a couple a couple um, sessions, maybe maybe three weeks. And it was it was just really it stunk that that he had to miss so much because he's. He's come so far since we started this PT just just about six months ago, I think. Um, you know, before that, he was not sitting up, was not mobile at all, and so now he's just you know a madman all over the place. So it's, he's come a, a really far, pulling himself up on cribs and the, the tub and all kinds of stuff. So it just it just, just changes their energy level, and you can you can see the curiosity and yeah yeah cool. And in that time too, we've started uh, some thyroid medicine too. So, so I, I'm sure that that um, has an effect as well. I, I, you know, we, we, we do the thyroid medicine as well. It's the kind of thing you hide in your Cheerio every morning. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's one of those things. I have no idea if it's really it's really making things different. But you know, Luke is pretty high energy, and I kind of look at it as a preventative thing, just so that we don't have to worry about that as a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, here in Richmond, it's it's hot, real hot. It's definitely middle of summer now. Uh, we're going to the pool a lot, doing a lot of that kind of fun stuff. Luke loves to go to the pool uh, with his little jacket on. He can he can swim now. Uh, you got to stay pretty close to him, and he swallows a fair amount of water. But he does get from place to place uh, without you having to hold him. It's pretty exciting, and he, he you know he definitely loves it. Uh, he went to preschool uh, last week for like a kind of a just a middle of the summer week, just to kind of keep him keep his hand in it, so to speak. Uh, we're concerned with him about preschool, about separation anxiety. 
uh, because when we mm-hmm. drop him off, he cries when mom mm-hmm. leaves. Uh, and he had some of that the first couple of days, and he kind of hangs out near the cubbies where his, ja- you know, where his, not his jacket, I guess it's summer, but where his stuff is. Uh, but I guess by the end of the week, it you know worked perfectly. He, um, you know, he, he he separated well, so he had his week of schooling. He met some of his old friends from during the year, and he's prepared for for when he goes back. Hopefully, so uh, it's been a good week, good 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 quiet week. Very cool. You know, I, I have a question for you. Something that came up in the in our IFSP, and I was wondering if it's a common thing. I guess California in the last year, because of all the budget crisis and stuff, has asked, not asked, has required um, families to pay for, for these regional center services. Uh, apparent families of, of a certain income, I guess, over, over some number times poverty level, basically, to pay for these services. And, and I was wondering if... if that's a common thing or if you guys do that if you pay for any of these regional center services i guess you're out of the regional center type things now because luke is three right so yeah we're into the school system now but but even then um we know we never had to pay for anything uh i would yeah you know on a uh, philosophical level I, I i kind of agree with that you know I, I hate to think that since i do have the resources to pay for some of this stuff that there's somebody out there that they have to deny services to because they don't have so much money, um, but yeah. at the same time, no, I've never been asked to pay for any of this stuff. Uh, and as far as once you're in the school system, uh, that would be pretty bad because you know yeah. uh, you, it's what is it the, the the free and appropriate education? You know the um, mm-hmm. you know by law, uh, it's it's the same as them telling you, oh, because you're over a certain income level, you have to pay for public school. You know that's that wouldn't be right. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't know anything about it. But the the answer is no. I never, never had to pay for anything. Okay, yeah, just it, it, like you said, it's a little bit frustrating. But I, I, I understand where it's coming from. But dude, there is a house for sale on the other side of the cul-de-sac from my house. <laughs> you come here, and you know, we'll we'll go through all this together. It's certainly. Um it certainly has would have its pluses to have uh, someone right there, especially Actually, Kim. If 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 I was She's to move the again, there would be other counties I would move into just because you know now I know all the local counties and which ones are better than others. Yeah, and the other county next to us has a better inclusion program. That's something that we're interested in. Mm. But, right, how do you feel about moving on to our topic, buddy? Let's do it. Letting the world know about Special Olympics. This is something that is uh, a particular interest to uh, uh, Jason and I. We have we have boy children. Not to say that girls don't do sports or whatever, but I don't know. It's kind of a cool thing, uh, particularly the young athletes program we have with us. A wonderful lady I met uh, a week and a half ago at the uh, National Down Syndrome Convention in Washington D.C. Um, she is the director of the young athletes program. Um, and her name is Barb Warman. Barb, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Um, it's really interesting to have this opportunity to be on a podcast and talk about some of our favorite things. Uh, for me, it, you know, it, listening to you guys talk, it uh, emphasizes just how important, you know, getting the word out about what what's available. Um, and trying to help connect people. You're, you've made your connections. That's one of the big things in Special Olympics that families find each other and, and they've got that connection to just have these kinds of chats and then 
you know, do some things about it. Maybe instead of moving across the street, it might be. Um, <laughs> well, it might, you it know, might be organizing a play date or, or going to a, um, you know, a park at the same time to practice whatever sport they were doing. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that. But that's yet another, another benefit. It's awesome. So, um, what would you like me to <laughs> tell you about Special Olympics? <laughs> Most actually said, tell the world one of the things that's really interesting i'm fairly new at special olympics and when i first said i'm moving to to work in special olympics everybody just is knows it instantly and uh i've since been to some presentations and learned that i think special olympics is better known and and more widely respected than mcdonald's in the world so everybody knows the name uh, maybe not everyone really knows what we do but people do know it's important and it's good work which is a good start um, but you know i'm glad to be able to help enlighten a little more what's available for people and how much fun it is why don't, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself uh you sent us some lovely pictures I like that, uh, Jason. That you always ask in advance because the pictures kind of, I don't know, let you know a little bit more about the person that you're that you're talking to. So, uh, was the um, did you send us one that was with your brother? Is that right? Yep, um, my brother's two years older than I am, and um, he had been very high functioning for many years. Um, he does have intellectual disabilities. Um, but as he's gotten older and my parents have gotten older, there's been a different role for me to take with him. Um, you know, when we were young, we played together and we've always had lots of family time together. But as uh, now I've, I'm more of a key person in kind of managing some of the things in his life. And actually it's been a great opportunity for me. It's, you know, you kind of look at all the paperwork as you're talking about some of the things that you're doing with your little ones and um, you know after having been away from that kind of thing and coming into trying to get social security disability and Medicaid and nursing home and <laughs> everything else um, you know I, I when I was there at the conference I went to that um, uh, session on um, ad uh, legal advocacy uh -huh. And that was one of the things that they started talking about was the uh, ABLE Act, and uh, w you know what what are your children going to do when they you know when they get older? Uh, life expectancy has been increasing every year. It's it's very possible. In fact, it's more than likely that your children will outlive you. Uh, you know who's going to take care of them? Independence is the goal. Financial independence is part of ABLE, and on and on. And I was thinking at that time. Uh, how lucky I was that my children will, well, that my son Luke will have, you know, a brother and a sister to help. And here you are, you're, you're the living example of that. So that's got to feel good. Yeah. And, you know, he really, um, as you know, with your little ones, there is something special about being with people who have a challenge and yet they have such a great attitude. I mean, the, some of the things he's been through. It creates a hassle for me because I have to deal with the paperwork and the, you know, rigmarole. But um, he's got to live through it, and yet he's everyone he sees. You know, he jokes and he makes friends and he, um, you know, approaches everyone, and it's really great. So, um, you know, that's really what brought me to Special Olympics uh, originally was 
my brother um, and kind of having a, a sense that having lived through that, I would, I would be able to maybe help others more. Um, I, I'm the family and the young athletes director. So the family part, it comes from personal experience as well as having worked a long time in human services, supporting families, as well as early childhood development programming. So, um, you know, we're kind of linking those two pieces, uh, just as, as uh, you've talked about. Dads, for example, young dads want to get out there and play with their kids. And, um, you know, once you're out there with your colleagues, your peers, you have the opportunity to really uh, learn some things from each other and, and find some answers. So that's what our family programming is about, is um, kind of building on, you bring in people to do sports and, and we see amazing accomplishments from our athletes. And at the same time, families are coming together and they're working on building communities that really are more accepting, that have more opportunities for athletes. So, um, you know, to tell us about the kind of the national program and the and the, you know from the from the top down, mm-hmm. maybe even some history. Um, well, Special Olympics started in 1968. Uh, Eunice Kennedy Shriver started this basically really in her backyard, um, and now we have four million athletes around the world. Um, there's 170 countries that have Special Olympics. And of course, in the US, all the states have their Special Olympics programs. So um, what's offered universally in Special Olympics programs is sports and competition. We have training for um, individuals with intellectual disabilities starting at age eight. And it's a wide range of sports. Um, The competition People always say, when is the next Special Olympics? Um, that's one of the, the things to try right. to educate. Is it, is it every four <laughs> years? Are they bidding for what city it's going to be in? That sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was yeah. a question I had. If there was some kind of global event, you know, with the Olympics going on right now, if there was something similar. There, there actually are. Um, but, yes, those happen. We're have, we had our summer games in Greece, in Athens, last summer, actually. Wow. And Winter Games will be in South Korea in January. So um, they do have the bidding. They, we have wonderful opening ceremonies. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement. It, it's, you know, a cultural experience for athletes. They get to stay in the host town and get to know the culture. Um, it's a real opportunity for educating those countries that are lucky enough to have the big world events about the needs of athletes and also what Special Olympics does as people come out and see the accomplishments and the persistence, um, they realize that maybe there's more that people with intellectual disabilities can do and, you know, kind of see how important it is to start bringing them into the fold more. Um, So the world games are the ultimate, you know. um, What a a wonderful experience, you know. It's just, uh, I can't even imagine. 
yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, there are state games, and they usually have big state summer games. For instance, uh, in this the last few months, you might have heard about it, or maybe you know some of your friends have been involved. So you know, people will travel to a, a central area, like I believe the Virginia summer games were in Richmond. In addition to having the big sports competitions, they will do things like we have healthy athletes. Um, medical doctors are trained to work with our athletes and do screenings for them, a standard screenings. And we work with, in, with groups like Lions Club International to be able to provide um, free glasses for athletes who've come in and the doctors have done a screening and found out that they really needed glasses. They actually get them free um, because we have these wonderful sponsors. So at the, at the, uh, the events like the big state games, besides getting to see the athletes compete and for them to have the opportunity to go away overnight and you know have a trip um, there's, they will have these kinds of things, the healthy athletes. Um, some of them this summer had family health forums where the doctors presented on different top topics that families were interested in learning about. Um, sometimes they'll have a young athletes demonstration. So I know we're going to talk a little more about what young athletes is. But basically, the children under age eight who've been doing a, a pre-sports play program will come in and, and again, kind of be on stage and show what they can do. Um, they have fun. And the audience starts to see, again, you know, some things that maybe they didn't realize that the children could do and that Special Olympics can help support. So, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking at the Special Olympics of Virginia <laughs> webpage, and the, you know, there's things like uh, uh, bowling championships, uh, the experience, speed skating, speed skating championships in March in Richmond, basketball uh -huh. championships are in March in Stafford, Virginia. The summer games are in June in Richmond. Mm -hmm. Tennis, powerlifting, track and field, softball, swimming, and bowling. Yeah, there's such a wide variety, and often what they do is they offer the sports in seasons, you know, just like you think of a, a high school sports or, um, you know, team sports that are offered seasonally. So athletes have, sometimes when I was talking to people at the Down Syndrome Congress, people were saying, yeah, my, my son or my daughter's been in Special Olympics and, you know, in the winter they bowl and in the summer they do track and field, you know, and... They swim year-round, so there's a lot of programs offered. Um, as we were saying, they have this. We have state games, but really, the day-to-day -day activity and what Special Olympics truly is offering—that's kind of underground. People don't think about it. Is the opportunity for kids to be part of a, a team, to be training for sports, to have a coach, to make friends, to get out there and have some activities that are getting them healthy, getting them physically fit. Oh, that's, that, that, that is so important these days. You know, I mean, all our, all our kids are, you know, they need to get outside more, play more. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot, you know, Special Olympics is really a volunteer-driven organization. So um, when I was talking with people at your convention, they would all say, what's, you know, what's offered? How can I, what are the sports um, that are going to be in my community or my state? And it really all depends on the volunteers that come out and say, yes, I, I'm going to coach. Um, right. If you, so. if, if, if you like a sport, you can just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My so. son likes hockey. Maybe I'll, not that I know that much about hockey, but maybe I'll give that a shot. Yeah, you can learn. I mean, you know, the Special Olympics does coach training. Uh, they have, it's a, it has a very serious sports side to it. Every um, sport has, really has, you know, all the rules that are, have been adapted, have been outlined. The coaches have, you know, have resources so that they can be following the rules and making these Olympic type sports is what we call them. So that, um, you know, it, it's, it is stretching people. We are offering not just a, a time to come out and do something, but see what you can do, you know, strive to do your best. Okay. So, so how do we, how do we get involved? What do we have to do? Well, since you are in, have your children in the younger age group, this gives right. me a chance to, uh, tell you how to, to start getting involved. If your children are under age eight, we have what's called the young athletes. And again, it's gonna depend somewhat on, on the community to what extent the program's happening as a structured group activity. But it was designed with the thought in mind that families can learn to play with their children at home and at the same time help them develop skills. So the young athletes, has a guide that was developed by um, the New Jersey School of Dentistry and Medicine. It sounds a little odd, but it was actually physical therapists that helped design this with the New Jersey Special Olympics. And so you were talking about your child being in PT. There, the activities are, um, you know, really based on how to support motor development and they're using the typical sports equipment, balls, um, they're using, uh, you know, striking, learning to strike, learning to run, learning to uh, crawl through a tunnel. You know, it's, it's activities that look like playground or um, gym class. Uh, or your little mini sports league activities, but they really are designed not just to have fun, but actually to help children develop balance, strength, flexibility, and of course, with as in with any kind of structured program, you gain some language skills, you gain social skills. Um, the thing that's cool about it is it really, as I said, was designed flexibly. So parents can take the guide and start working with their kids at home and, and uh, having some fun games and, and practicing skills like you guys that want to play catch. It helps instruct you how do you teach a child to throw the ball. Um, but preschool teachers or rec departments or early intervention folks can also use it and um, do it as a structured program. 
so that the children come, you know, for 30 or 45 minutes or an hour, and they are going through a series of the activities. And we have a new curriculum that actually guides those coaches and teachers so that when the children are doing these activities, it's very sequential, um, intentional to support them. And you learn, you know, you kind of get the idea what the activity is, you practice it a bit, then you move on to a little bit more difficult skill. And then the next area that you're going to focus on, um, you know, is again, building on what you learned. So it's all the things that are typically looked at for sports, kicking, throwing the ball, running, jumping. Um, but again, it, it really is a proven motor development program. So it's very important. I, I did a training recently and uh, was in South Africa. We had people there from many African countries that never have heard anything about early intervention. And they really got it, you know, the message. This, is, this isn't just nice, this is really important to do this stuff. Um, and at the same time, it's fun. So uh, I was going to share my experience that uh, Luke did the Little Feet Meet here in Virginia, in Richmond. Uh, and it was, I think it was set up like, I'm not sure it was outdoors or in a gym, but there was, you know, uh, kind of an, I guess an obstacle course. And uh, uh, there was definitely running. And there was, some, I think, uh, some baseball. And there was different stations, I guess. And you went from station to station. I think mm -hmm. maybe you got stickers at each one. Uh, and he got a T-shirt. I was at work. Um, but uh, Kim was telling me about it that he had a great time. Yeah, and that really is based on the Young Athletes program. They've just kind of marketed it, you know, a little bit differently to fit in with their big event to give people an opportunity to go out and try these fun things. I'm glad he enjoyed it. Yeah, so I got to, I mean, I'm looking at this website seeing what else there is, but. Uh, that's great, yeah. I don't, I can't, what, what kid doesn't like to run around and do crazy playground stuff? I mean, right, right, and you know, be cheered on. And I guess it's kind of you know precursor, you know, because each one is a skill that they're going to use and uh, uh, put the skills together so that they can play the sports when they turn eight. Is when you uh, when you transfer over? Is that right? Right. Um, some in some states, actually, at age six and seven, you can do the training. You can go to practice and, and you can participate, but you can't compete. So it's it's kind of a um, definition thing, you know. Like transition kind of time. Yeah. So, you know, they might be going to practice, but they're not going to go and, you know, get up there at the line and, and race, but they, they can go run and everybody gets a participation ribbon. So it's the philosophy is you know, waiting till they're a little more mature to actually bring in the competition part. Um, but we certainly welcome families too to come and, and watch Special Olympics events, you know. We're trying to build more programming, as I mentioned, like the family health forums for people to be able to come out and uh, have a chance to hear speakers that might be organized through Special Olympics. Um, you know, a lot of programming is done in coordination with schools and with other organizations. So, um, yeah, this was, this this was a school outreach. It it, it appears. 
I'm looking at the brochure. I was able to find it. I actually know one of the kids. At least I don't know his name, but he looks familiar, like from the things we go to. But you know what you mentioned was was important is the the parents and the community. And you know what this is doing is is bringing families together so that they can meet each other. You know, and that so they can understand you know the young athletes program as precursor to Special Olympics, and that there's awareness there. And then you know once you've gone to a few things, you're more likely to volunteer. It just kind of builds the whole thing up in steps. Yeah, and actually, um, in 2010, Special Olympics did a new strategic plan, and there's a lot of big goals in there, of course. But one of the big highlights um, is working towards doubling the number of young athletes that we have and the opportunities throughout the world, um, and really linking that with the family outreach too because um, you know we do have young athletes happening in schools and we want to help make sure that families are being reached as well so you know you know there's an activity guide you can use at home um, you know you can come out to special olympics and bring your child and see what athletes are doing and start kind of thinking through you know how you might get involved at an older age um, and also, you know, just learning as you guys are learning what some of the issues are that maybe you could kind of band together and, and start voicing more what needs to be done. Um, I heard you, you, Jason, talking about the, the cost for early intervention. Um, I live in Maryland, and Maryland um, was struggling with how to really meet the need and for the early intervention it's one of the few states actually that has put into law that it will basically never charge um, but apparently that is an option for states in many other states it's it's you know it's feasible that they may do that um, mm -hmm. definitely the insurance piece you know having insurance cover can help stretch it um, but it's you know it's something that you need family involvement in early intervention usually those policies are going to be looked at with state hearings you know with uh, stakeholder input so the more involved you get learning about what's going on you can uh, help them figure it out so uh, Special Olympics is completely volunteer-driven and donation-driven, is that correct? Um, we do have staff, of course, but uh, the majority, really the majority of the activities that are happening are um, volunteers are running that, those programs, running all the training, competitions, um, you know, fundraising events. There's, we have... We have great partners. Um, the Law Enforcement Torch Run is um, something that's been going on for many years, 30 years. Um, they've raised, I have some statistics here, $370 million since its inception. Wow. So, you know, the volunteer events, besides coaching, you know, and actually running, we do get a lot of direct donations. We have um, sponsors, we have foundations, we have 
philanthropists, you know, we have, we do our best to try to make sure that we can provide what's there. Um, but really the majority of the day-to-day, -day, you know, getting, getting athletes trained and getting them to and from the competition and, and refreshments, all of, you know, making this program known is volunteer. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, uh, it's there's pretty amazing. The, these numbers, um, yeah. I know you said, uh, and you you mentioned that uh, your the goal is to double the the participation, which is is pretty pretty even more amazing because on the website I saw this really cool infographic which had a lot of a lot of informa information on it, and um, you know I was just pretty astounded. I mean, I guess, you know, everyone has heard of Special Olympics, but I was pretty astounded by the the, the numbers, you know, over 4 million athletes, and this is just in 2011, um, over $250 million in donations, and 300,000 coaches, and 750,000 volunteers. It's just very, very impressive numbers. Yeah, and... Um you know, one of the things that we're trying to do, not just expand, um, but expand the quality. So we know we need more coaches, not just to cover the, um, you know, increase, increasing the number of athletes, but the number of, comp of training days that athletes will have, the number of competitions that they can go to, the number of sports that a state would offer. So, um, you know, getting more coaches is also a big push as well, so that we can really achieve that. Um, doubling the numbers I mentioned was for the, the young athletes. We only have 52,000. It's a fairly um, newer, new program. Uh, but in the U.S., I know there was a huge leap last year and we're working with several states who are piloting some new models that we we feel like are going to help us really sustain you know and grow it even more because it's uh as i mentioned there's some proven research now as to the motor development i guess i didn't actually say that we we had a um evaluation done and they had created the the new curriculum that was eight weeks. Um, the preschoolers who were in inclusive settings that had this young athletes included, um, compared to the ones who did not, gained so many more months of development, motor development. Just in eight weeks, they leaped by seven months in their motor development compared wow. to two months where those who didn't have it. So, um, you know, we're really, again, trying to expand the quality of it. And Virginia is one of the states that's working with us on that. So well, we're, 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 we're huge fans of inclusion. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's I think it's so important. Uh, you know, we see it just because, uh, um, and, and you must too, Jason, that uh, older siblings help so much, you know. I can just imagine, you know, your school setting, you know, or, or your sports setting should have, you know, your your uh, typical developing children to work to work with, to to learn from and to strive for and, you know, be included with. Yeah, and we also have something in the United States called Project Unify. Um, about half the states are participating in that, 
And that's really about inclusion and building uh, accepting communities that are, you know, not just inclusion, but, but beyond that, where the youth are learning and leading how to be more supportive of their peers. Um, really doing some very cool stuff. Um, high schools that have clubs, you know, that are, are doing advocacy on YouTube, for example. Um, the, we have Unified Sports, which is really providing opportunities for our athletes to be part of a team with their peers who are uh, typically developing and you know they're matched so that it's it's not just come and and be a you know kind of shadow but they're actually love competing you know they're they're really working together so it's it's really fun the unified sports um we have some great stories about what has been happening with the unified sports and the experience, you know, it goes beyond just for the athletes, but for the other youth who are involved. Um, it's a it's a big goal for us to expand our unified sports. And I know I did talk with some people at your conference about that as well, that you know, people have an impression Special Olympics is really exclusive and, and uh, you know, you're kind of segregating your children by sending them there. But uh, that's, we're moving in the other direction with our unified sports. Very cool. All right. Well, um, you have any more questions, Jason? Or well, so um, sure. Yeah, I guess I do. How, how does it work? Like, if Dexter decides he wants to play basketball when he turns eight <laughs> years old, he just calls up the local Special Olympics office and 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 plays basketball and goes put, to practices and stuff. Put him on the phone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's some easy forms that have to be filled out, obviously, and um, you know, you would want to find your local program and see what sports they're offering. Right. And as we said before, you know, if they don't have basketball, but that's something you're interested in, and you know, you can kind of express that. It doesn't, usually take too long things can get pulled together and a new sport happens but um you know it's it uh basically yeah i mean it's it's a rolling thing you don't have to say oh when's the deadline you know you're right. you have to say look i'm interested and in find out what sports are being offered and get on a team or get into a group that's practicing and you know, you're good to go. You can. I, I have an off the wall question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does Special Olympics have a theme song or do they share a theme song with the regular Olympics? <laughs> I'm, I'm preparing for my end of podcast song. <laughs> I hear this song in the background. Duh. Oh, um, that's no, that's a different song. I, I just have oh, some general music in the background. But. I, you know, I don't know. I haven't been there long enough to hear a theme song. I was, um, I was trying to pick a topic appropriate song to end on <laughs> yeah but i mean we do carry the torch you know and, and uh you know we're we mirror the olympics when we have our events so it's a big celebration 
You, you probably don't want to use that NBC song, though. We might get some kind of copyright action thrown down on, on us. We'll just you, you and I'll just sing it, Jason. There we go. We're we'll, so we'll we're so tune worthy. Let me get my kazoo. <laughs> your kazoo, <laughs> right? Your pitch pipe. Make sure we're perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see. So, you, are we ready for the um, uh, story of the week? Because it kind of fits the theme, to be honest. That's great. Um, actually, I have one more question. So, sure. so you did mention that there's there's coaches training like so if, if i wanted to to go volunteer to be a coach or to help then then i can if i know nothing about baseball or soccer or something like that i can i can i can still they can still use an extra body there and mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's i think in yeah, a lot of the events you know there's volunteers to pass out water and check people in and do all of those kinds of things as well um, you yeah, know. I think I think that's how I would start, or I would just start by you know bringing my son, and then meet some people, and then you know start with the folding chairs and setting up tables <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, or which is you could do too. a polar plunge. You could jump <laughs> jump in the bay in the middle of the winter and and raise money. I, I can do that. I'm from upstate New York originally. It wouldn't be any different than. <laughs> There's yeah volunteering. If you go on any of the websites for whatever state you're in or our main website, um, there's lots of volunteer opportunities. And we also have Facebook and Twitter and all of those things. I should definitely mention. Oh, I was going to mention the number of likes that you have. It's uh, 644,000 likes. Yeah, it's incredible. It is incredible. Well, and Jason, I'm signing you up right now for the polar plunge. <laughs> Which you, you wouldn't think they would have in, Diego, in, uh, in San Diego. They actually have to add ice to the water. Right. <laughs> it gets a little here in the winter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Well, uh, anything else? I don't think so. No, that's good. It was definitely one of the first things that I thought of. Um, with Dexter, I mean, sports played a huge role in, in my life as a child and, and, you know, less so now, but I, I still play, play soccer and, um, you know, I, I would love for my children to experience the same sort of team building, you know, personal, um, growing your, your personality and stuff through, through sports and teams and stuff like I did. And, 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 you know, when, Dexter was born with the syndrome. You know, the first thing I thought about was Special Olympics and and trying to get involved maybe early on before he could even get involved and and um, you know get my feet wet, I guess there and and uh, and as soon as he could kick a ball, get it, get his butt out there on the field and playing. Well, people get very hooked into it. It is, as I've mentioned, it really is fun and. It's amazing to see the athletes, and I encourage anybody who who is interested, yes, go and see what you can do, volunteer, um, and, you know, get the young athletes and do it at home. I'll bet, do you get a lot of volunteers who are, uh, you know, also people with disabilities, but just don't, uh, they don't want to participate as athletes, but they want to volunteer as well? Well, we, you know, some of the athletes kind of age out. They're not interested in sports anymore. And we actually, 
and my boss would kill me if I hadn't mentioned this. <laughs> Thank you for the question. I'm glad I saved your life. Excellent. Um, <laughs> athletes, we do a lot of athlete leadership development. So that's, you know, some of them are officials and, um, you know, coaching even. So Right. I mean, that's important yes. for adv- advocacy and for inclusion and a uh, hundred other reasons. Right. Yeah, sure. Confidence building, just all that stuff. All right. Anything else? I want to make sure that you know, you know your boss doesn't kill you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No, I just. He sounds know. like such a violent man. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm only kidding, of course. Um, I think you know it's. I appreciate you inviting us to be on, and um, you know, go to specialolympics.org, and you can actually find your state program really easily from the front page of, of our main website. Oh yeah, I mean I explored the website for a long time and there's just was there's tons of information there, easy to navigate, great pictures, great quotes. It was awesome. Hey don't don't go anywhere. If you still got time for us. Uh, okay. We, okay, so hang on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, we, I'm gonna move on to Rick's uh, uh, story of the week. Uh, we had Rick on last week as part of our conference roundup. Uh, he is the uh, author, owner, proprietor of uh, Down Syndrome Daily, uh, uh, which is incredibly up to date there's something new on there every day i know it's called down syndrome daily but it's got to be hard to find something every day he sent me a story and i'm going to play here hopefully this mail-in method is going to work in our in our low-tech world here hang on here we go Uh oh gotta turn it up with the story of the week this week it's from ctv news a canadian play that features nine actors with down syndrome and focuses on what it's like to live with Down syndrome. The question and others about the meaning of human intelligence and what makes lives worthwhile are answered in this play, and it's called Rare. It's written and directed by a Canadian playwright. Her name is Judith Thompson. The actors in the play range in ages from 22 to 37, and they draw on life experiences to convey to their audience what it's like to live with Down syndrome. Some complain about little things, such as drivers who don't know where they're going on the road. Others talk about the pain of loss and unfulfilled dreams and living with relatives who are addicted to drugs. But through it all, the cast reminds the audience that they are human beings just like anyone else and deserve respect. The director told the cast, they are the teachers and they are teaching the audience. One performer, his name is Nick Hurd. He said he's gone through a lot of things over the years. When he was just a baby, he was discriminated at because he was different. Shortly after his birth, a nurse told his mother that she did not have to keep the child, but his mother chose to keep him. In Rare, they are sharing their life experiences They are rare, they are unique, and they're standing together, sharing a message that each year approximately 500 babies with Down syndrome are born in Canada. Up to 97% of all pregnant women who learn that they are carrying a fetus with Down syndrome through prenatal testing choose to terminate their pregnancies. That fact is addressed in rare. When they read an open letter to female audience members who may have learned that they are carrying 
a child with Down syndrome. Never give up and always keep going on is a message that the actors give. People who have Down syndrome are very talented and would love to be raised by you. Be brave. All people are beautiful and that's the message and we need to respect who they are. To read more about this article or to see a link to a video on this, visit DownSyndromeDaily.com. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rick. Nice uh, plug, Rick. You know, it kind of fits with, with, with Special Olympics because, you know, it's not sports, but it's, you know, it's an outlet where, uh, uh, you know, people with disabilities can, can get out there and, and show what they can do and gain confidence uh, and then and definitely let the community know, you know, what they can do. Uh, I, I have the website open right now. And there's a picture of this guy. I, I think it's this guy, Nick Hurd. It doesn't say who's, the, who's in the picture, but it's cute because I say it's cute, but it's it's cool because he's got very stylish clothes on, and his his glasses are shaped in such a way that he just he screams that he must be an actor and an artsy person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Well, there yeah. you go. That's our new way we're going to do the story of the week, unless unless Rick happens to be on Skype just while we're doing this. Uh, that's that's how we're gonna. Hopefully that works out. It worked out for me. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty great story. Amazing. I saw that headline and did not uh, click on it yet. It was on my list of things to look at. Well, we we rushed you, man. I'm sorry. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> One less thing for me to read. <laughs> All right, Barbara, have you have you thought about a, a story or a, um, a moment of the week? Anything uh, inspirational happened to you this week? Well, actually, this morning I was thrilled um, to talk with UNICEF, early childhood development people, about young athletes and to hear that they are all on board to support us, uh, partner with us in many countries in Africa and inviting us to come to one of their meetings and it's something we've been working for quite a while trying to figure out you know how can we bring our young athletes program where the international development community is working so hard to try to support young children and and women but maybe necessarily don't have uh, a motor development piece so i was just so excited that has to be the moment of the week to tell you wow that is huge i mean You know, my moment of the week are about one, one very wonderful child <laughs> in my life, and yours, yours are helping millions at a time. Well, I don't get to have the little hugs and all that anymore, so I have to do something else that makes me feel like I'm doing something for all those kids I miss. Anytime you want to come down here and babysit, you're more than welcome. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. What was your moment of the week? You want to follow that, Jason? <laughs> Well, that's tough to follow. I mean, mine, uh, mine is just a, a, a little man. Um, so I think I, I, I said this last week, but it's the little man has taken it to another level now. So he's crawling. I think we talked about this before the show. He's crawling all over the place, pulling himself up on all kinds of stuff. Um, and he has definitely learned uh, where the cat food is <laughs> and, um, he knows exactly when, so we have 
dogs and and we have a gate that that keeps them kind of locked in the in the kitchen area you know at night and when we're gone and so he's learned when the when the gate opens that he can bolt and get into the kitchen too which is you know not really off limits but he doesn't usually get a chance to spend much time in there and so whenever the the cat food is is um available or whenever the gate opens for the kitchen he he now bolts as fast as he can for either one of those and and as soon as we you know start chasing after him he just goes faster and and now he's added the 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 laughing and giggling oh he thinks this is a riot right yeah now it's now it's funny he just starts giggling like crazy and it's it's so funny oh man it's it's just it gets me every time, man. It's, it's this just... is your new Special Olympics event, the 40-meter <laughs> linoleum crawl. Yeah, he's, he's training. He is. He is, yeah. Until until he goes for the, like, you know, the, the cord of the lamp. And, and that's when I try to try to change the tone a little bit to, to you know, in, try to get the danger level up. But uh, he still giggles and goes faster. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. But it still gets me every time. It's so fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and just think, you know, cat food's got to be cheaper than regular kid food, you know. <laughs> and food's expensive these days. You're saving money hand over fist. There you go. Yeah, that's you know, perfect size, bite size. Right, right. Probably choke hazards. Do you use the 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 um, whatever the moist kind or the regular dry? Oh, uh, it's dry. Yeah, that's all. Oh, <laughs> they're shaped his, like little know, fish and little chickens, right? Training. Say that again. They're shaped like little fish and little chickens, right? No, it's just little balls. Little, oh. you know, good for good for his pincer grasp. There you OT, go. <laughs> OT would be very happy. Excellent. I'm sure. You ought to string him into a, into a necklace and make like a, you know, <laughs> do the bead stringing and make himself a cat food necklace. That might go. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe you could fake him out and put a bowl. If you if you get having having <laughs> trouble getting him to eat his own food, you could put it on the floor. Put a bowl of peas down there. Right, or a bowl of peas yeah. and fake him out. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good idea. I might do that. That's awesome. He's starting. We're starting to to just you know clean cleanliness be damned. We're starting to have him feed himself, and it's always interesting. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, so just putting it on the floor with some peas might might actually uh, help things along there. <laughs> mm. Well, that kind of kind of ties with with with, with my moment. My. Uh, my house is under siege by these little tiny sugar ants. And this happened a little bit last year, but this year it's worse than ever. And, you know, we have young children. And, uh, you know, traditionally around Luke's seat, there's a blast radius of <laughs> food <laughs> particles. And, you know, my, I, I don't want to make this sound bad. My wife keeps a meticulously clean house. You know, we, we have a very clean house. But, you know, things like the cat food and... Uh, the stuff on the floor and whatnot must have attracted them originally. And now it is like, I liken it to the zombie apocalypse because <laughs> the ants, they just keep coming. I don't know where they're coming from. I kill them by the by the tens, by the hundreds, you know, and, and, and they don't get away with enough food to justify how many lives, ant lives they're. <laughs> they just keep coming mindlessly. It's crazy. So the story is, and we've, we've kind of gotten it under control. 
you know, by, be, you know, the second we're done eating, we have to clean everything up. I actually have all of the, like, the bread products are on top of a piece of Tupperware, which itself is in a cookie dish, a cookie tray that's filled with water. So there's essentially a moat that you can't get to this bread. Uh, so Luke has, you know, he, he spots the ants and he says, ant, ant, ant. Right? <laughs> the other day we're sitting there and he says, ant, ant, ant. Then we hear, <laughs> and he says, got him. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I hate okay. to think what, I'm, what I'm training my children uh, that's for, awesome. but uh, yeah. So Luke has gotten in the spirit. Uh, he he now is in part of the one of the the family ant elimination zombie apocalypse defenders. He understands the concept. Good job. <laughs> he just said, "Got him." It clears <laughs> a bell. Uh, I mean, his speech is not that good, but every so often he just whips one off, and you're just like, "Wow, where'd he get that?" Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's my moment. Uh, you know, let's see. So I want to thank you, Barb, again for your wonderful moment for telling us about Special Olympics. Uh, very important to us and all of our eight to ten, maybe twenty listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you who was the audience. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's my mom. No, I'm just kidding. yeah, my mom. <laughs> it, it is more than that. It really is. Hi, mom. I'm, I'm, I'm loading up right now. Uh, there is a way to track it, but it's not very reliable. Uh, looks like t- 24 right now. <laughs> All right. I well, would say well, about, about it's 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 doubled about monthly, so it's it's actually gone up, you know, quite rapidly. This is episode eight, so you know I think we're doing well. Uh, these will be here for posterity. So you know when we're like super famous, you know, you'll be able to be like, yeah, I was on episode eight. I there you I'm go. Very happy to be with you tonight. So. I love hearing your stories and, and you know, if I wish uh, we could just uh, do it all the time, you know. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. So I, I you know, I'm picturing going to the conference, you know, year in year out, maybe not every year, and kind of getting to know people. And you know, next year or maybe the year after, I'll be like, you know, Barb, hey, how's it going? You know, it's kind of nice. Feel like yeah, to feel I, there were quite a few families I know that were that were new there, and it's a great networking. All right. Is there so anything far, you want to? Anything else you want to plug while we're doing our kind of closing here? <laughs> um, well, dad's involvement. Dad's yes. involvement. Do it. That's good. That's you, us. Yeah. We are yeah. the downright awesome dads, self-proclaimed. But you know. No, that's and uh, that and, is something. And we had uh, we had uh, Joe Mears on from the dads program. You probably know him. And, uh, you know, that's a national organization uh, for, for, you know, dads getting involved, which is great. So that's been kind of a theme for us. Well, I hope you can spread the word and get more people to be part of your podcast. Yeah. So, Jason, anything you want to plug? Uh, Downrightawesome.com. We are, um, I'll have to get on Colette again with with a new post. But, um, yeah, I hope Colette's yeah. not mad at us that our that our podcast updates have been kind of dominating her site. I feel kind of bad. I don't think she's mad. You know, we're keep keeping some traffic going, and uh, there's um, there's been a lot of of sharing things on Facebook recently. Like Colette, the there was this uh, there's this little girl. I don't want to steal any Rick's thunder, but there's this little girl who who. Um, was chosen to be the the like cover model for um, some designer swimwear line for for children, 
and she's 10 months old and she has down syndrome and she's just kind of exploded yeah i saw you the know, picture kind of like yeah. the ryan um the little guy ryan there in the target ad you know mm -hmm. he's she's like exploded in the last few days and and this one picture that colette took she so she was traveling last just the last few days and i think she stumbled upon a new people magazine and and there was this girl's picture in the people magazine and she just took a little quick picture with her phone and put it up on our downright awesome facebook and and you know it's been shared like i don't know 70 times or something like that and in the last 24 hours our number of likes has gone up like 10 percent. so it's it's just explode awesome know, just just the vi virality i don't know if that's a word the viral <laughs> nature of the, the way things spread is is pretty amazing it is so. it surely is but we have a, a special olympics global family leader space page i'll plug that you can like there yeah send send it to jason he'll put it in the he'll put it in the okay. little uh, write-up that we do for sure all right. Well, Jason mentioned uh, downrightawesome.com, but downrightawesome.com slash DSR is where uh, all of our um, uh, Down Syndrome Radio uh, uh, episodes are posted with their little uh, blogs and Jason's fantastic pictures. There'll be pictures of Barb and uh, her brother and uh, um, some of her charges, as it were. Uh, I also want to cross-plug my other podcast, Engineering Fatherhood. Uh, it's engineeringfatherhood.wordpress.com. It's Engineering Fatherhood on iTunes. It's done with my uh, my older brother, my younger brother. The three of us get together and talk about being nerds and being dads, and uh, it's a lot less, um, um, a lot more humor and uh, a lot less uh, uh, reverent than uh, than this this particular podcast. So uh, you guys have been. Uh, you might have to cover your ears from time to time on that one. What's that, Jason? I haven't uh, seen an, an EF podcast in, in a while. Oh, there's a story. There's a story. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, my 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 older brother's been getting uh, kicked out of his basement. He's had some some family family issues that there's some uh -huh. other things going on down there, and he hasn't had his 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 man cave to record from. And now he's on vacation, <laughs> so uh, we're all set for another one. Uh, so we'll, right. you know, you'll see. I think Sunday night you'll see another one of those. So that's what I want to cross podcast. Uh, I'm gonna try to close with the Olympic theme, which I just spent a whole ninety nine cents on. We'll see if it's the right one here. Hang on. Nice. I'll help I turn it up. There we go. <laughs> well, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Best 99 cents ever spent. All right, have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Good night. <laughs>